everybody. This is Josh McKinney. I just want to welcome you to episode 112 of the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show. I'm pumped about this one because uh, it's part two. Part one went really well. Uh, I just wanted to take a second. Thank you guys. Because on part one, uh, the day it came out, I got, I think, six different people tagged me in their Instagram story. And uh, like saying, I- I'm listening to this new episode. And what was really cool is like, that doesn't happen very often. People usually don't tag me in their Instagram stories and, and share. I think the most that it's ever happened in a day will probably be like two. Probably the most that's ever happened in a week. Maybe three people have tagged me, but in one day, last Thursday, uh, I guess people enjoyed the episode because uh, there were some there were some good shares, there were some good response. I just really appreciate that from you guys. I cannot stress that enough. I know that I deliver this show like we have millions of listeners and uh, the show is just blowing up but honestly right now the people listening to this show like if it if you're listening to it as it comes out as you're listening to episode 112 when it comes out there aren't a lot of people that listen to the show there aren't not in a bad way not like oh man i'm so sad less people are listening to the show i'm just focused on putting on a good show i figure if you guys like it enough you're gonna start telling your friends about it. You're gonna start letting other people know. And that is starting to happen. And I just wanted to say from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate that. Uh, it really makes a big difference and it makes me motivated. It makes me know that like, I haven't put 112 episodes into something that is gonna be irrelevant. Uh, I know that you guys, uh, you guys have been just super supportive this whole time. I just wanna continue. Thank you for your continued support, I promise you. I will continue to get better at podcasting. I'll continue to have better content and uh, continue to try to make the jujitsu world a better place. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about what the heck we're talking about today. This is part two of our two-part episode on pacing. And this is the idea of the prevent and understanding the prevent is like the other side of the spectrum from the Blitz. Uh, if you guys have not listened to the Blitz episode, you absolutely should first. Uh, I think that this episode won't make as much sense if you don't listen to the Blitz episode first. Um, and then we're gonna talk about some cool match breakdowns, just some, all kinds of new stuff that I got going on. Uh, that's all I have for you guys. Let's just get into this episode. You guys are gonna really like the idea of the prevent defense of jujitsu and how to effectively use it and train it. And so uh, before we get into that, I've got a message from our sponsors and then we'll get right into the episode. What's up guys, Josh here. Before we jump into the episode, I just wanted to give you guys a quick thought on our Patreon page for the I Suck at Jiu Jitsu show. This is uh, the time to get on the Patreon page. I think a lot of people wait a few months when a Patreon is first started because you're wanting to get content, you know, you're paying monthly and you want to get content. And so uh, now we kind of have a good base of content built up on the Patreon page. And uh, I've got something new for you guys. I actually did the first ever match breakdown uh, that I've ever posted and uh, broke down Jeff Glover versus Kyo Terra from the BGJ Expo in 2012. And the only way to watch that breakdown is on the Patreon page. Uh, and you also get to figure out things like 
what black belts think while they're grappling. You'll also hear about some common jujitsu injuries and how you could be recovering from them or even preventing them. We talk about a lot of really cool things on the Patreon page. You guys can find it at patreon.com slash I suck at BJJ. Uh, you guys don't want to miss out on this, but let's now jump into the episode. So guys, what the heck is prevent? What is preventing? Uh, So if you guys are joining us, this is part two of pacing. So I assume you have listened to part one. Uh, I'm not going to reference it like, oh, if you've heard the episode before. Now, if you haven't heard it, you should probably listen to it because that's why it's a two-part episode. Don't jump ahead. You don't listen to part two before part one. What's wrong with you? Let's get into prevent. So this is how we should think of preventing. I think I'm trying to use the word preventing. I'm always careful about what language I use. Uh, I think preventing is is better than just prevent. Like blitz feels like you could say blitz or blitzing. Prevent, I don't know if I like the way that it sounds. Preventing sounds good. But anyway, uh, blitzing and preventing are really the two ends of the spectrum that is pacing. The harder I go, the closer that I am to blitzing. The um, more defensive, the more I prevent. We'll talk about specifically what prevent is. Prevent is not survival of submission. That's very important that people understand that. Um, a lot of people like to think of preventing like it is, they like to think of it like it is, okay, I'm going to put both hands on my collar and they'll never finish me. That's what preventing is. And it's not, that's not what preventing is. That's not a good way to do jujitsu, right? Because if I put both hands on my collar and I do nothing, what's going to happen is most likely you're going to like mount me. Okay. If you mount me, I'm giving you a lot of control of my body. So your ability to remove my hands from my collar is substantially better. Um, That's more of a rant on people that say like, oh, it's not a submission. It's, it's not realistic. Uh, And that's just not true because if you're laying on your back and mount, with me having complete distance between us, you know, like you're not controlling the distance at all and you're covering your collars. Well, realistically I could hit you. Right. Uh, so like that is not a a good expression of prevent when you are just trying to prevent submission from a secured bad position and let's get into why. And honestly, why is exactly what the prevent is? Uh, the first question we're going to answer is what is prevent? First off, it is protection of control, okay? Uh, We talk about the control spaces a lot on the show. Controlling the back of the neck, controlling the armpits, the hips, and the back of the knee, okay? Those are the four places to control on the human body, okay? So when I have somebody uh, and they are close to things, a lot of times it looks like I'm in a really bad spot, but if I'm preventing them, from staying off my hips, the backs of my knees, the backs of my neck and my armpits. They're not getting underhooks. They're not snapping me down and getting control that way. I keep them out of those spaces uh, or kind of just relegate them to only one of those spaces and make it hard on them. What's going to happen is it's going to make it hard on them. That is our big idea with preventing. Um, So the first thing we're trying to do is prevent any type of control. I think one of the best ways, we'll get into this in just a second, One of the best ways to talk about the prevent is with counter wrestling. 
because it's something a lot of jujitsu people understand. So the second thing, there are really only two main things when you're preventing. You're preventing them from controlling your points of control. And you're also really controlling the distance. Prevent doesn't work if you cannot manage the distance. Okay. That is, if there's anything to take away from this, take away that. If you are trying to prevent, if you're trying to counter wrestle, if you're trying to counter jujitsu, as we will call it in just a second, make sure that you are controlling the distance. That is more important than anything because distance is hard to make up in jujitsu. That's what we're going to actually do an entire episode on next week is distance management. So today, I decided not to get too much into how to manage distance and things like that. Um, We'll just say you need distance management. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and listen to the next week's episode because uh, it's going to be really good on learning how to manage distance. We're going to talk about how to train it. Basically, I think the clickbaity title that I'm going to use is how to double your speed in five minutes. And uh, it's, it's a good title, right? I, I'm excited about that one. And it's true. It's not like I'm making that up. This is a, a, actually a way to think about jujitsu that will double your speed. And so uh, we'll get into that later. Uh, but those are our big things, our protection of control and distance control. We are in control of the distance. Now, this is how we're going to paint the picture. You are grappling. You love jujitsu. You you know, you're, you're a jujitsu guy. Most likely your stand-up sucks. Even if it doesn't, most likely your stand-up looks a certain way. Unless you have a wrestling pedigree or a judo pedigree, most likely if you started jujitsu from square one, all grappling from square one, you've never done anything from the feet and uh, you start most likely from guard or whatever and start learning jujitsu, you learned how to counter wrestle. You may have never learned how to wrestle. You may have never learned how to actually take people down, but you learn defensive wrestling. That is normal. That's how most jujitsu guys learn to wrestle. That is what prevent is. So think about the things that you do when you are counter wrestling. The first thing that we're always managing is the distance. Never let them get too close, right? Where are they trying to get close to? Well, generally, they're trying to get close to my hips, the back of my knees, right? Uh, and then my armpits too as they, they slide up. That is generally where they're going to try to get close to. So making sure that we defend those spaces early on, but also one of the best ways to defend those spaces is by keeping distance, right? And I'll, um, like I said, we won't get too much into the distance strategy. So we'll just start to talk from here when we're connected. Okay. Uh, a lot of times we're grappling somebody who's got better standup than us. What do we do? Well, we get first connection. We get the first collar grip. Okay. Because I know like, Hey, this guy wrestled his whole life. He's going to probably be better at takedowns, but he's never wrestled with a key on. And if I can use this to manage the distance, I, maybe I can't prevent him completely from getting in on a takedown, but what I can do is I can slow it down. I can slow it down substantially, especially if he's not dealing with that grip and he's just trying to shoot through it. And when we slow things down, well, that's when we could start to blitz, right? Um, We'll get into that and how to relate the blitz and and the prevent. We're going to get more into detail on that on Saturday on our suck less Saturday episode on the Patreon page patreon.com slash I suck at BJJ if you guys want to check it out. Um, But let's look at it like this. Let's look at it from my 
personal favorite match that I think really covers this. And we did a breakdown on the Patreon page. It dropped this morning. Uh, if you guys aren't Patreon supporters, man, I just have so much stuff coming out on Patreon. I had to reference it. But I did a breakdown of Kyotera versus Jeff Glover in 2012. This is the BGJ Fan Expo. It was such a cool, um, it was such a cool tournament. I remember uh, watching it online and, and just being pumped about it. Uh, but the strategy that Jeff uses, that Jeff Glover use, uh, uses in that, if you haven't, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen that match in 10 years uh, or in the last 10 years, Jeff Glover wins. And he wins pretty much solely on pacing. I'm not saying that he is nowhere near as good as Kyle or something like that. That would be ridiculous. But as a technician in the gi at the time, you had to assume that Kyle was better as a technician. And technique is all that matters, right? Technique conquers all, right? But there's a problem. Sometimes technique doesn't conquer all. Sometimes strategy conquers all. And I really think that that's one of the best expressions uh, in jujitsu. Not that Kyle's not an excellent strategist. Jeff just played his strategy better. And uh, it really gets us to kind of why. Why should we be preventing? What, what use is there in the prevent? Well, there are a few things. I think the first one uh, makes the most sense. When I'm preventing, when I'm keeping distance and protecting my control space, and I'm countering, right? Because that's important. When somebody shoots a far side underhook from half guard on me, okay? If I am leaning all my weight on them, that, that underhook is kind of a death sentence. They are going to start to come up. They're going to start to take my back or they're going to start to sweep. I have to now start to, I'm behind, okay? Now, when I'm in your half guard and I'm sitting with my heels to my hips, my butt is on my heels. Now I'm creating distance, right? I'm not putting my weight on you. And you go to shoot that same underhook and I counter with the near side underhook. If you guys don't know what a near side underhook, it would mean like if they controlled the important underhook, what everyone considers the most important underhook, uh, you control the opposite one. And I'm able to flatten you and I'm able to pass your guard off of it. That was prevent jujitsu. That was counter jujitsu. I wasn't using my pressure. I wasn't using, I wasn't pacing forward. I wasn't working towards something. I was letting you get something. And then I was responding as soon as you get it. One of the best ways to think about prevent jujitsu. Uh, I like, I always reference this book. It's one of my favorite books it's called essentialism by Greg McEwen. And he talks about the, um, like he talks about decision fatigue, right? It's very hard to make a lot of important decisions a lot, right? It's almost impossible. Uh, it, it takes so much out of us to make decisions. And also when we pre-make decisions, not only are we no longer having to make that decision over and over and over again, we also can react. We can go into that decision much quicker. And uh, jujitsu is very similar. When I am going into, uh, like, I'm going to start grappling. One of the, like, when I start grappling, one of the first things that I pay attention to is how far apart are we? The distance. That is one of the first things. That is pretty much always should be your first thought in jujitsu. Where am I and where is he? That makes such a difference. If you guys are, this is, I, I, this is one of my favorite ways to think about it. This is an old coach uh, 
that I had, like uh, that came and did seminars. Uh, he would say, if you were in, um, he'd say, okay, what is a better weapon? Um, a grenade or a knife? Okay. And people would answer. Okay. And then he would say, all right, what's a better weapon if you're in a phone booth? Well, obviously that the knife is a better weapon in a phone booth, but what if, what's the better weapon if you have distance? Probably the grenade. I mean, am I going to throw the knife at the guy or am I going to try to chase him down and stab him? Right. That is the, the question is how close are you? Right. Let's say it's a, it's a, a, a knife and a rifle, right? A rifle seems like it would be the best thing to have in a fight, but not if you're a foot apart. It's not the best thing. It's a different fight when you're close. Jiu-Jitsu is the same way, even though that distance really is only about two feet, right? There's only, there's not, it's very hard to get closer than we get in Jiu-Jitsu. And it's also very hard to get um, like far away and still be doing Jiu-Jitsu, right? So most Jiu-Jitsu range is about two feet. That is the distance. That's what we have to understand. And usually as the prevent person, what we try to do is we try to stay back to counter. A blitzer will probably be doing the opposite. When you blitz, you've got to be going hard. You've got to be creating strong angles, right? That was a big thing that uh, a big takeaway from the, la- the blitzing episode is how important is it to create good angles, right? That is most of what the blitz is because you create strong angles and then they have to respond. They have to respond really quickly. And then I go back to, you know, I go back to um, my next angle. Uh, but that was a really roundabout way. Back to the essentials book. I don't know how I, I lost my train of thought there and went to that. But anyway, um, back to I, the idea of making decisions early on, right? When we go back to half guard, I'm sitting on my heels. You shoot your far side underhook. I have already made the decision that when someone shoots far side underhook on me, I shoot near side. That helps my timing. Know what else helps my timing? The fact that I'm actually sitting on my heels and I am waiting. I am wanting you to shoot the far side underhook because I know you're probably not going to block that near side space. And that is counter jujitsu. I am basically giving you something that you think is really important, but I have a good counter to it. Or it's just not important. It's just not something that controls my body. It's just not something that moves me. That is what we're trying to do and prevent. But why would we use prevent? Most of the time, for me, I'm using prevent to rest. I am using counter jujitsu and counter wrestling. I'm managing space to rest. Uh, That doesn't, it's not always like I'm dead tired and I need to rest. Sometimes it's just, I blitzed really hard for 30 seconds and I'm going to rest for 30 seconds because I know if I don't, I'm going to be tired by the end of the match. This goes back to thinking of a jiu-jitsu round, each round that we do as an entire picture. And it is our job to paint that entire picture using our jiu-jitsu, using our art. We cannot go too hard in the beginning. We cannot use too much paint in the beginning because there won't be enough for the rest of the picture. And it's just like that when it comes to pacing and blitzing. Remember, these guys are on opposite ends of the spectrum. So it doesn't mean I have to go in with the strategy of today I'm going to blitz or the strategy of today I'm going to prevent. These, this is go and stop. I need to be able to do both. I need to be able to 
be in the middle range too. I need to be able to just kind of be going consistently with my jujitsu. Uh, being able to adjust pacing is so important. And I think one of the best places to reference it is that Kyotera and Jeff Glover match. Uh, even if you guys do not sign up for the Patreon page, even if you don't uh, look at my match breakdown, I still recommend watching the match and just noting, uh, really just trying to note when is Jeff Glover preventing? When is he controlling the distance and keeping his spaces free? And then when does he start to blitz? And uh, then you actually will notice actually the blitz doesn't work at first. And then he pulls it back and he creates a new position. And he says, maybe this is the spot. It's just a really unique way. Uh, if you watch the jujitsu that's in that match, uh, I point out some really cool things in the, uh, uh, in, in the match breakdown that I won't point out because well, then it wouldn't be tempting to sign up for the Patreon page. Uh, so now we might not always use it to rest. Sometimes we use blitz or we use prevent to just feel somebody out. If you watch a lot of good black belts, they will get a certain grip and then they let people make the next move, especially in competition. They let people make the next group and then they respond, right? But they don't always, it's not always one thing to the next. A lot of times it's okay, it's your move. I know what you're going to grab and I'm going to counter it as soon as you do. I'm going to go to my thing as soon as you do. So that is our big thoughts on preventing. That is what prevent is, is the idea of just sitting back. Then when you feel things, okay, let's say this, this is an easy way to explain it. Let's say you are shooting double legs on me and I'm doing a good job of preventing. And I say, Oh, wait, Hmm. Right there. I missed it, but there was a guillotine there somewhere. So what I might try to do is I might try to put a pin in it. And I might say later on in the round, because we're thinking of jujitsu as a whole picture, it is not just um, the moment like we feel like it is a lot of times. Sometimes we have to look ahead and think, how do we set ourselves up? Or sometimes we look ahead and say, hey, next time he does this, I need to respond this way. So I'm still playing prevent. We are still wrestling. You still go for your double leg. You are still too far away. I managed the distance and control and blocked my spaces of control too well. And now this time, I've already made the decision that I'm going for the guillotine, right? When we make that one decision that eliminates thousands, when I say, okay, as soon as I'm going to create this again, this one technique that he used, I want him to do that again. How could I set that up? How could I, how could I, oh yeah, look, my leg's right there. Now he starts to go for it and I slap that guillotine on. But this time that guillotine is tight as could be because I already knew that I was going for it. Now I'm just waiting. It's like, I took all of jujitsu and I said, I forget it. I only know this one move because he's going to set himself up for it. That is why we would use uh, like uh, prevent, preventing to, uh, I guess for stand up, but also to feel out an opponent. So now let's say this. Let's say I clasp onto the guillotine. As a strategist, for me, I'm going to start blitzing on that guillotine. That guillotine is about finishing it. I am going hard. I went from not going hard to going hard to finish that guillotine. That doesn't mean I'm wrenching and twisting. I'm hurting my, my training partners or anything like that, but I'm trying to finish it. My pace changed, and this is the third reason as why to, of why to use the prevent, and that is to confuse people. 
that is absolutely what Jeff Glover did. Not that's just kind of that's just like how Jeff Glover did jujitsu. It was always about coming at these really bizarre paces, creating really bizarre angles, and it's very hard. Um, it's like dancing to a song, right? A lot of times we feel the rhythm of a round after we've done it. You know, we've trained with the same people more and more. Maybe we start to feel that, right? I think as you get good, you start to feel the rhythm of the round even quicker and quicker and quicker, and you can pick up on it and you can dance to it, right? You can do jujitsu to the rhythm of the round. When you go with somebody who's good, it's like good at pacing. It's like you're dancing to song one and then they next you right in the middle. And then you go, okay, well now this is a slow song. I need to change up. I need a partner first. I got to go find somebody. Now I'm slow. Oh gosh, they changed the song again. And it's very, very hard when people are good at this because they get you to dance at the wrong rhythm. And that is, I think the biggest goal when you are pacing, that is where that is the black belt level of pacing. I think Uh, that's where we should all be aspiring to get to is being able to confuse people. And most importantly, wear people out with, with pacing, learning how to not just use your techniques, but just use general ideas and say, this guy has better cardio than me. How can I get him tired? This guy is stronger than me. How can I get him tired? This guy is faster than me. How can I get him tired? If you can answer that question, you can beat anybody. Um, I, wa- I listened to, I almost said I watched, no, I listened to uh, Hickson Gracie's Breathe, Breath, Breathe. I think it's Breathe. Um, but it is his kind of like his, uh, Uh, like an autobiography and it's really good. He talks a lot about like growing up and stuff. Honestly, he talks really, really honestly about his family. I think that that's super interesting. If you guys um, wanted to, to check that out, I definitely think it's interesting. But what I took, the biggest thing I took was in his fight breakdowns. He was taught, he talks a lot about the fights that he was in. And as he's younger, his fights are more about, being rough and being tough and getting submissions and, you know, arm barring people or whatever. But as he ages, his fights are still, his goal is to win in every fight, but his fights become more strategic. And he starts talking a lot about whether or not his opponent was tired. That is his main mindset. Is this guy tired? What could I do to get him tired? And he'll talk about these matches where he's down 16 to nothing or something. And he's like, yeah, it was okay though, because I knew um, there was three minutes left and he was breathing too heavy for there to be three minutes left. So I started to, to go harder. And then I, I armbarred him in, in 10 seconds. And it's like, oh, okay. Understand that like at Black Belt, I'd say the division I was in, the best guy in the world or the best guys in the world, they are beatable by any mid-tier guy, even some of the lowest tier black belts, if they're completely exhausted. So, so like if we did this, if we said, okay, we're going to take the best guys in the world and we're going to take like um, some very decent black belts and we're going to make the best guys run sprints until they're like completely, they can barely walk. And then we're going to have them fight. We're going to have them fight the, the, the like lower tier black belts. What do you think is going to happen? Who do you think is going to win? 
I would bet any amount of money that the lower tier black belts are winning. If you wear somebody down enough, they're just not good at jujitsu anymore. It's how it is. Everybody, you can be mentally tough. You can do breathing exercises. You can do whatever. I've rolled with a lot of different people and everybody gets tired. It's way harder to get other people tired, certain people tired, but everybody gets tired. And so when we are thinking about pacing and blitzing, that's the goal. How, what can I do? What pace can I make? Don't think of it like just what pace can I do to make him tired? Because if you just think about him, you forget that you were also a physical being whose heart goes too fast sometimes and you get exhausted. So you have to be thinking of yourself. What can I do to win the battle of energy, the energy battle? What could I do? What pace could I create to win the energy battle? So that is what I'm thinking about when it comes to prevent is how can I win this secret battle that no one really is seeing that's not technique, that's not IBGGF scoring, that's not anything else. It's not even submission. This invisible fight of are you tired or are you not? That is the idea of the prevent. And so I thought at this point, I could give you guys just a few more thoughts on how to prevent um, and how to start to train it in the gym and how to mix it with blitzes. Hey guys, just wanted to interrupt real quick and tell you about something really exciting we have going on at simplifyingjujitsu.com. So if you guys don't know what Simplifying Jujitsu is, myself, my father, and my friend Logan a few years ago decided that Jujitsu could be easier to understand. It could be easier to learn. It could be simplified. And what we did was we created a Jujitsu production company called Simplifying Jujitsu. And what we focus on is exactly that, making Jujitsu simple and easier to understand. So we decided that we we're going to start to do a deal of the month through the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show. So for this month and this month only, the month of January, you can use promo code BJJ Sucks on uh, the Duck Guard, my favorite instructional, instructional that I worked really hard to create. Uh, basically, what we did was uh, for a year, I focused entirely on one grip from guard, and that was cross sleeve, okay? So uh, a lot of people know what cross sleeve guard is. What duck guard is, is a systemized version of cross sleeve. Basically, every bit of jujitsu that you will need to use to have a closed system is all in that instructional. And actually, we plan on updating it this year. So if you buy it for 40% off now with promo code BJJSUCKS, S-U-C-K-S, not S-U-X, uh, you will be able to get in for when we update it and get it at a discounted price. You'll already have it. And so uh, get over to simplifyingjujitsu.com slash quack to find the duck guard instructional. You can also just go to simplifyingjujitsu.com. Again, that promo code is BJJ sucks for 40% off of mastering the duck guard. Let's get back to the episode. And uh, like I said, we're going to get more into detail with uh, uh, this on Saturday, on Suck Less Saturday. Uh, but I think that I think it makes a lot of sense if we explain it in a, like a really specific way. And so I thought it'd be fun to just explain it like this. All right. Now we'll get into some thoughts on how do you train this? How do you get good at learning to prevent and learning to blitz? 
uh, I think it's really, really simple. Just the same way you get good at anything in jujitsu. Uh, one of the biggest things is beating up people, doing it to people that aren't good. Um, you hear John Danaher talk about this. You hear a lot of good coaches talk about this. The importance of beating people up that you are better than. That does not mean hurting people that you are better than. But the difference in, the idea is winning rounds, going out and learning how to win. I know that the traditional idea of jujitsu is that you can't go out, <laughs> you can't, you can't try to get good early. It's like offensive to try to get better faster, right? Because jujitsu is all about the grind and it's all about, uh, getting submitted 10,000 times and then you're a black belt, right? And there's all these different things that talk about that jujitsu is about losing. And it is. And that's though the, the reason that people, they focus so much on it, I think is just because, well, I guess, I guess it is what they were told. Um, people like to explain things like that. Like you're not allowed to, um, basically you're not allowed to get good. Uh, we talked about this in the last episode, the idea that it is offensive to people if you, if they are better technically than you and you still beat them. Okay. It is offensive to people if they are better technically than you and you still beat them because, well, you muscled everything or, well, you did this or you did that. Okay. I'm not saying that you should go and muscle people that you are substantially bigger than. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying how you get good at jujitsu is you win. That is how you get good at first. All you can do is lose. But as you start to get better, you start to put some of your training, like uh, I should do a full episode on this, but I, if I had to say, like, if you're just doing live rounds, at least probably, probably 75% of your rounds should be against guys that you're beating um, as you, especially once you're a blue belt. Um, but then 25% of your rounds should be people that still beat you and people that you are close with. There should be some combination of that, maybe 10% with people that still beat you pretty handily. And then about 15% with people that you have really close rounds in. And you can always adjust that. And, and I would talk about that in the episode. So we won't get into that. Um, that'll be a future episode. I should write that down. Um, but when I'm thinking about my training, I am, if I'm trying to learn prevent, if I'm trying to, it's like this, if I'm trying to learn an arm bar. I try to arm bar people when I'm, when I'm training, right? And I find success in it by armboring people I'm better than. And then I'm learning how to actually hit the armbar. If I try the armbar and I only go with people who are better than me and I try to armbar them, I'm never going to hit it. I'm never going to learn how to hit it because I'm never hitting it. And so I'm not going to get any better at that move. I have to hit it successfully. Pacing strategy is just like that we should learn to strategize in the gym. So when I'm looking at pacing, we ask ourselves the question of how can I make sure that I have more energy than this person? How can I make sure that I'm wearing him out and he's not wearing me out? What could I do? What pace could I create to win the battle of energy? That's all you're trying to ask when you are learning how to prevent, but you're doing it in the gym. You're saying, okay, I'm not here to hit flawless, perfect technique. I am here I'm here to hit whatever technique is a counter to what they're doing. I'm here to 
make sure they get tired and then blitz them and then submit them because they got tired and that's their problem, not mine. That is how to think about jujitsu. You go in with these goals, especially with people that you can beat. That's how you learn how to win. I know that sounds, I know it sounds negative, like you're just beating down people. Um, something you can always think about though is helping those people. So they're getting help and you're getting help. You're getting somebody to basically live drill on um, that is resisting full strength. And they're getting somebody who's good that's gonna say, hey, you you need to do this better. You could, you could be working this better. Um, but that's going to be your main thought on how to get better at preventing. Now, I want to finish this one um, just with a different thought. And uh, it's something that I won't get to cover as an episode as a whole, because it's pretty simple to explain. But there is not just pacing and blitzing, right? That is not all there is. There is that middle ground. And how I think of it um, is like this, that middle ground, it's, I know I said it's a spectrum, but it's really not. It's really like three different random points uh, on a map and you can kind of go more towards one than the other. But sometimes instead of pacing um, like aggressively or pacing like preventing, what we can do is we can play 70%. And that's how I always like to call it. It just, I think it's the most, it, it makes the most sense. Um, so what play 70% is, is, um, is the mode of, if you responding to every position that you're in, a lot of times we try to secure every position that we're in. Meaning like if I stuff your leg in a half guard and I'm on top, I'm trying to get tight to you. And then I hold for like a minute or two, cause I'm afraid to move. And then I remember that I need to put my toes into, you know, into the legs or something like that and start to open the legs. How I think 70%, um, like the idea of training at 70%, it should feel like this. This should be the other pace that you go, okay? So you should have your prevent pace, you should have your blitz pace, and then you should have your 70% pace, which obviously means you're going at a strength level, a pace level of 70%, but you're always responding to the situation. Um, with prevent, a lot of times our response to a situation is by not doing it. With 70% training, you should be, or 70%, whatever movement, I don't know. I haven't really gotten too into figuring out exactly how I'm gonna, what I'm going to call it, but 70%, the 70% idea, what you're thinking about is responding to every single thing that is happening. Responding, um, I guess, moving towards um, every single thing that is happening. Meaning, when I am on top I am, and we're disconnected, I am looking for my grips. There is no thought process in between. I'm not breathing because I'm going at a constant pace. I'm not going up or down. I'm not fluctuating. One of the most frustrating things is when you start fighting at 70% and I start fighting at 100% and we're still even because eventually I'm going to get tired and you're not because you're going to be able to keep that 70% like almost all the time. Uh, there was a, um, a study done on Carl Lewis. And it was about basically him being relaxed when he runs. And they were talking about running at a pace of, uh, they started talking to these runners about running at a pace of 80%. They said, we want you to run not at full speed, but at 80% and, you know, get relaxed and just run at 80%. And a lot of these guys are running faster than they ever were. Uh, and what they think it had to do with 
was because when we overexert ourselves, um, a lot of times we, we tense up, we don't use our body to the best of our ability. When we think 70% and we're just constantly going from one position to the next. And when you lose, you think 70%, meaning if he beats me on grips and he starts to sweep me, I don't go, now it's time to explode. It's time for pohada. I start to land in the sweep and look right to get back to my guard. I just respond at 70% all the time. And uh, you can even adjust it to 50% because sometimes people are so crazy that 70% is just their 100%, right? And they're like, well, normally I'm going 120%. So 70% is like really my 100%, right? No, you should be noticeably not working as hard. That is the goal. But um, this is, I think, something that you should think about too as you get a little better. I think this would be later in Blue Belt. Uh, when you start to think about this, uh, just from a technical level, right? These strategies don't work without technique. We talk about that uh, uh, on the blitzing episode, but a strategy is just kind of like the order, the rhythm that I am expressing my, you know, my technique. It's the, uh, it's where, what techniques I decide to use. It's uh, how aggressive I am on those techniques, right? That is what strategy is. But without techniques, we can't have strategy, right? I could, because if we could, I would just send my students out without any technical training and they would, we would just have a strategy, but it doesn't work. You do have to be good at jujitsu to be good at jujitsu, right? So um, when we're talking about our strategy, when we're talking about all these different things. Um, I guess I just wanted to retie the three things to keep in mind that really matter. And that is the blitz, the prevent, and the 70%, let's call it the 70% pace. We could call it the 50% pace. Let's keep it 70%. I think it's cooler, um, but the 70% pace and um, try to see if you can get good at those. Try to see if you can, and I like how you know that you're good at them is if you can beat somebody who's better than you with them. That is why we use strategy. We only use strategy against people that are better than us, right? Uh, or, or like we only need to use strategy against people that are better than us. We practice strategy on everybody. But when somebody's better than us, we need to use it. And uh, that's like going to be the only way we can beat them. And so that's how you know if your strategy is working is this guy usually beats me in the gym. And I, I'm not saying go with the, the head instructor when you're white belt. You're not going to out strategize him. It's not because he's probably using strategy without even thinking about it. Right. Uh, a lot of the things we talk about on this show are things that black belts do already without thinking about it. Uh, they just do it. We're trying to dissect those things. We're trying to break those things down and say, hey, well, you could give this to a white belt and it would have a huge effect on their game. That's all we're trying to do on the show. That was a really long rant, but let's end this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this one and uh, I'll have Josh take it away to close this out. And that is the episode. I hope you guys liked this one. I really, really tried uh, to make it make sense. I think that just understanding how hard you should be going and how and what defensive jujitsu is and what counter jujitsu is. Uh, I think it's just going to be important for a lot of people moving forward. I really believe that we are at a point in jujitsu that things are going to start changing uh, from a sense of training method. I think uh, we talked to so many people that are doing new and unique things and it's not just it's not just about the grind anymore. It's not just about getting submitted a thousand times anymore, 10,000 times anymore. It's now about, hey, these methods can actually make you better at jujitsu. And uh, I'm so excited that 
the Isaac Jiu-Jitsu show gets to be a part of that. And uh, hopefully we'll look at this, these shows archived one day and say, yep, this is what changed American Jiu-Jitsu, right? This is what changed America or changed Jiu-Jitsu in America was having right terminology, having right different training methods and um, just having an understanding of those things. And uh, uh, I just, uh, that's pretty much all I have, I guess. I, that was a random rant, but that's all I have for you guys today. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and uh, I'll see you guys next time on the, the next episode where we talk about distance management. That is going to be a really, really tough episode to beat. Uh, Cause I, and the reason I know this is cause when I teach distance management at seminars and stuff, I can always see on, on people's faces that they've never heard someone talk about it the way that I'm talking about it. So if you guys want to learn how to double your speed, uh, check us out next Thursday on the I Suck at Jiu Jitsu show. Uh, if not, hope you guys sign up for the Patreon page. Hope you guys got a lot out of this episode. And most importantly, I hope that it helps you guys suck just a little bit less at Jiu Jitsu.